Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. I'm Jason, originally from California in the U.S., and but I am located in beautiful Wuhan, China, and today with me is Bebe. Yes, hello, everybody. This is Bebe from Beijing. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Howdy. Howdy. I'm <laughs> lovely. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. today's topic, which is regional cuisine. Mm. I'm trying to make this tea, actually. There's this Hong Kong restaurant in Wuhan mm-hmm. that's on Jianghan Lu. Mm-hmm. It's a walking street. It's one of the two cool places to hang out here. And there's a Hong Kong restaurant. I don't know the name of it very well, but they have this tea called Punch the Player Tea. Huh? That's the translation. It's, <laughs> okay. it's a lit, uh-huh. it's oolong tea. It's like too much tea tea. Mm-hmm. And it's mixed with uh, it's ice with sugar and it has limes in it or lime juice and limes. Huh. I don't know the difference between tea. I'm very, I'm like tea ignorant person. Mm. You know, I'm delighted to go there, but I'm at home and I want some because I'm craving this tea. Mm-hmm. I tried to make it and I think I essentially made like sugar water <laughs> because, you know, like I don't have any tea flavor. I got the lime flavor, no problem, three limes and I got the ice. The tea wasn't like brewed well enough or maybe it's the wrong kind of tea so mm-hmm. I have this watery lime sugar instead. Uh, well, if you don't have wulong tea, just use like red tea. You can use those packaged ones. Yeah. I mean, the ones we use in the in the States, too. But oolong tea, I love oolong tea. You, you, do you know the distinctive flavor of oolong tea? Yeah. C- can you tell? You can tell, right? Yeah, but see, here's the thing. I can't read Chinese. And my friend mm-hmm. from Fujian, a Chinese lady, mm-hmm. she sent me this mm-hmm. big box of tea as a present. So I was like, nice. okay, I'm going to try it. That should be good because that's where those tea are from. Like the good ones are from. She sent me the duck poop tea. Ah, yes. I bought a whole box. I'm almost like done with that now. I like it. It's very <laughs> clear. Well, it's good tea, but it doesn't have the flavor necessary to emulate this restaurant. Mm. It's mm-hmm. tea concoction. So, mm. I mean, I have, it's okay. And also I didn't brew it well. Mm-hmm. I just put the tea inside of a coffee machine and it didn't, <laughs> so it, when it, the hot water poured through it, it didn't make tea because tea needs more time. Did you let it sit? No. No. Aww. No. I was impatient. I was impatient. You were washing the tea. Mm. You were not brewing yeah, the tea. you're right. Yeah. So, and also if you're using tea leaves, you're supposed to wash it first. Mm. Mm. So you mm. pour in a little bit of water. And I like to stir it, kind of like, you know, washing it a little bit. And then you pour that out. And then I would start drinking the second brew. You pour the whole cup the second time. And then let it sit for a while. Mm, mm, yeah. And there are actually, you know, huge differences between different kinds of tea. Mm. It takes time to get to know the differences. And your body will be calling for different ones according to the season and also temperature mm, mm. and how hot or cold your body feels. Mm. Like, uh, even though it's not winter. Usually in the wintertime, I drink these darker kinds of tea, like red tea. Um, well, in China, we say red tea, but I think in the States, you say black tea. Mm. It's the same thing. Mm. That's what they use in most cases to make bubble tea, uh-huh. right? Because it has a darker color. It has like richer flavor, almost like taste of metal a little bit. <laughs> um, if Like if you go to Hong Kong restaurant, their tea is so like dense. I remember uh, when I was in Hong Kong, you go to any restaurant, like 
you always get a cup of tea, right, with milk. But what kind is it? I think it's just black tea. Black tea. I think so, like normally, yeah. Unless you order something else. What kind of tea is like, you know, my mom drinking? That's my question is like, you know, what kind of tea do like typical Americans that they just buy like Lipton tea? Yes. What kind of tea is that kind of tea? I think that's the black tea. That's why you tea. you can use uh, those tea bags to make. Uh, uh, uh. Um, for example, like if I make a cup of tea, I will use one tea bag. Yeah. Right. And if you let it sit for a while, the water is like all. I gotta try again. Brown, right? But in the yeah, if in the restaurants, um, they might use two tea bags for a little, mm. like in a Hong Kong restaurant. So and then they pour in. Uh, I think sometimes they use condensed mm. milk. Yeah, yeah, instead yeah. Instead yeah. of regular I know what milk. You mean. So everything is just it's yummy. Richer. It's, it's so it is yummy. yummy. Yeah. Yeah, but then you know. For a lot of Chinese people, we drink tea to cleanse our palate, right? So milk tea is like doing the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) So for the older generation tea Mm. drinkers, I think they kind of look down upon these modern new versions of contaminated tea. What have you done to my tea? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Did you put sugar in this? And did you use like tea like bags? These are like the drags, the leftover at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) I I appreciate just clean, nice tea. So, you know, before you eat, you usually have water or tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I want to tell a story about why I chose this topic. Sure. I teach a class of kids and I we bought mm-hmm. a big map of China, you know, like a full giant mm-hmm. proper schoolroom map that covers like half of a wall. Mm-hmm. It's got all of the provinces broken down by color and it's, it says the English name and the Chinese name and all the cities. And mm-hmm. I went over it myself in the English and try to explain Mm -hmm. using like a uh, pointer with the kids to explain all part the parts of China. And then I asked my Chinese coworker Mm -hmm. to go over it again in Chinese because we want to make sure the kids really know. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was interesting is Mm -hmm. when I was going over the provinces, I was just talking about the name and maybe the capital and like, that's about mostly it. (laughs) But she immediately started talking about, because I I can understand Chinese well enough. Local cuisine. Exactly. She was like, this food is from this one. And this is like the name of the province. And here's the capital. Here's this province. This kind of food is from this place. And by the time she was done, she's like talked about 30 kinds of food. Right. And I thought that was really telling. Like even Chinese people, they when they think of like Sichuan, Mm -hmm. immediately Sichuan food comes to mind. And so like you identify like a place with its food a little bit. We would be a little bit more specific. For example, a a Mm. really good Mm. example. I'm not surprised at all to hear your story Mm. because that's what I would have done (laughs) (laughs) like naturally (laughs) Um, so at the very start of the pandemic um, when it you know things started happening in Wuhan and at that time the other parts of China were okay right Mm, Um, mm, mm. so everybody online if you go online you would see this one picture that went viral Mm. and that picture was a bowl of hot dry noodles Uh, uh, from Wuhan yeah. So a bowl of hot dry noodles sitting on a hospital bed <laughs> by his by himself, right? And then outside of the the window of the um um the I guess the hospital room. Yeah. There are other dishes, famous dishes. <laughs> like um, oh, that's cute, <laughs> but also kind of sad. <laughs> right. 
There are all kinds of、uh, representative representative dishes from different provinces, and they're all saying like, "You can do it, Rogamie. You can do it, hot dry noodles. <laughs>、uh, I'm sure you will be fine." So for the first few months, it was that, and then later on, the、uh, some cases broke out in other parts of China. Like now, there are cases in、um, Xi'an mm, city, mm, mm. Xi'an city, and so the picture turns into. Uh, you can do it, 肉夹馍 <laughs> or which is like um, you can do it, Chinese hamburger. 肉夹馍 is like the representative,、mm. uh, delicacy of Xi'an,、mm-hmm. uh, along with a couple others. So that's I mean, for us, it's a natural way of thinking about different、mm. regions of China. You immediately <laughs> think of you know the popular dishes in that region. I mean, for Ch- for the Chinese people, like eating, it's.、Uh, It's it's very important to say the least.、Mm. I mean, it, there's a phrase in China that 民以食为天 which means the literal translation would be for the people, food is the sky or heaven. <laughs>、um, it just means food is of supreme importance. That's what it means. So for a lot of people who um you know they go travel abroad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially to uh Europe or to the United States, um after a while they get a little disappointed <laughs>、oh. because they're just not as <laughs> a little. <laughs> um, for example, I went on a business trip、mm-hmm. to London when I was working in New York, and I mean like the food I found there for me it was like non-existent. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I I not not to offend anybody. I want to put up some shields here. Okay. I I think you know. There's some good European food, like in America.、Uh-huh. I'm sorry for our British listeners. Sorry, I apologize、sorry. for saying this. Oh, the sandwiches no, were really good. No, no, for me, for me, but for me,、mm-hmm. no. Even America, we think of British food as like okay. That's the food you have to eat when you're in Britain. But then, like the rest <laughs>、right. of Europe is considered to actually have a lot of good.、Really、oh good yeah,、cuisine. definitely, definitely. Now, but you know, British people I know they defend themselves with the fish and chips. So they like, oh, oh we've got fish and chips, which is like a deep fried fish fillet with like French fries, a little larger. Than like the American ones that are. They're they, not even crunchy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They serve it with、mm-hmm. vinegar, vinegar, I guess. But you know, France, France, come on. You know, French cuisine is considered like. That's a different、yeah. story. That's good. That's good. Well, it depends on what restaurant. I would prefer、mm. German food. They've got bratwurst. They have all the best meats. They have entire stores that sell、mm. nothing but meat. I'm sorry. Meat. Sorry, sorry, animals. <laughs> but you know, the G- Germans have some. I mean,、uh, I, I like sauerkraut too. So sauerkraut is delicious. You put some mustard on that, and you have、mm. a, a bratwurst. Oh my god. Okay. Well、then、meat. you have you have the Italian food. Oh my God, lasagna and spaghetti and like、mm. pesto and like pizza and all kind. Oh my calzones and <laughs> they just. Oh my goodness. I remember. So my grandma stayed with us in the U.S. for a little bit, and a few things that she couldn't understand. You know, by reputation, people back at least back then, people think of the U.S. as the land of opulence, right? The land of wealth, mm, mm. like the roads are paved of gold or things like that. So you naturally—I want to know where these words are. <laughs> <laughs> so you naturally think that、uh, people eat well,、mm. right? But a lot of people are, you know, a little disappointed. When they actually get to the states, and when it comes to authentic, like local cuisine, there are some really—I mean—they're very, very tasty.、Mm. But the variety-wise, it's hard to compare with you know what they have, what we have here in China,、um, unless I mean like local ones, like 
American food. When you're saying local food, you're right. But where America shines is that they take everyone else's food. Yes, that's right. So if you're in a major city, you eat Indian food and French food and Chinese. Well, I love Indian one or two varieties of Chinese food and Japanese food and Korean food. And they bring all of the food, you know, Ethiopian food. I've had that. Right. Like they they bring it there. And then like, okay, well, people even literally say, where do you want to go? Let's have Mm -hmm. let's have Chinese. And so like Like pick a point on the map on the world. Yeah. And so Americans, <laughs> right. you know, I would say the South is going to get really upset. So we need to talk about our Southern friends in America <laughs> because they love barbecue and they are quite good mm. at it. And there are, there are a lot of places where they really have mastered the art of cooking meat mm-hmm. and putting it in a nice barbecue sauce. So a lot of our friends in the South in the American South really would be defensive and would like say, oh, we have barbecue food. How dare you? So have to watch out for that. And fried chicken. Yeah, yeah, California doesn't have its own like, well, I guess you would. What is it? The California roll, which is a kind of a Japanese sushi. Roll? Sushi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't have any indigenous food, really. Oregon. There's no indigenous Oregon food that anyone knows about. Mm. No, no one says, oh, I really want to have food from Idaho. <laughs> uh, Potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, and also, I think the point I was going to make mm-hmm. with my grandmother was that she saw how busy everyone was. Mm. It wasn't just about the food variety. It's that when you uh, live in certain countries with certain cultures, mm. like you feel like eating is not as important of a thing. Mm. Like I remember... Back in the days when my parents, they were really busy, a lot of times the family couldn't really get together for dinner, you know, around the same table. And that was like, Mm. you know, um, the common thing back in China. Mm. You eat dinner at home together. right? It's a family thing. Mm, mm. But so my grandma, when my grandma got there, you know, when she saw how everybody was just running around and doing this, doing that, and everybody was so busy, she was like, oh, what's the point of making all this money if you can't even eat dinner together at home so for her it's like Mm. you know eating is something that the family enjoys together you know that's like Mm -hmm. one of the purpose reasons why you work and make money so that you can live well Mm. so but what she Mm. saw was the other way around you know people were so busy that they didn't have time to live (laughs) it's like Mm. these days in china you know, like young people, they're working so hard that they're eating just takeouts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or skipping meals. So, you know, even if they make a lot of money, it's like they don't have time to live. So I think that's what I, the point I'm trying to make is that in Chinese culture, eating is important. You know, people put, mm-hmm. I mean, not just in China, probably, I think in, you know, in France and Italy, probably also in Japan, Korea, people put so much thought and time into preparing food. You know, it's a joy to make them, to think about how to make them, and to eat them. Mm. You spend time on it. But then there are other cultures in which people, eating is just Mm. something you do when you're hungry. You know, like in the States, it's not uncommon for someone to bring Mm -hmm. uh, a bag of carrots and an apple and just um, a sandwich for lunch. I mean, it's very healthy, I have to say. But then, you know, when my grandma sees that, she'll be like wiping away tears. Oh my goodness, my son is eating this for, for lunch. 
eh, he's working 10 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say a lot of Americans probably just be having McDonald's. But, you know, uh, I would like to defend America one more time. Sure. <laughs> what America's really good at, you mentioned opulence, is taking other people's food mm. and adding stuff to it. So Right, making it better. Well, I wouldn't say mm. making it better because I know a lot of people from Mexico who would say they mm. did not improve on the food. They just added stuff to it. <laughs> That's why I said added to it. So Tex-Mex mm. is like you take a taco, which is supposed to be just like meat and maybe lime juice or meat and like salsa and that's it mm. maybe a touch of cheese maybe but like in america mm. you've got okay you've got your taco it's got like meat and then it's got some kind of sauce and then it's got like salsa and then it's got cheese sour mm. cream everything and just pile it on and it's just, yeah it's just like wow the more stuff we can get into this thing the better <laughs> it's gonna taste and so you've got these things like seven layer burritos and like everything is added to and modified so we have french food but it's american french food we have like mexican food it's american mm. Chinese food, as you know, is not really that authentic. Mm -hmm. Most Chinese food is just like Americanized Chinese food. So Americans take took all the food from the world and then they just added stuff to it. Mm. And also um, that reminds me, you know, when I came back to China, um, I literally sometimes I would crave for the hot and sour soup mm, mm. that every Chinese American Chinese restaurant would mm, have. Mm, yeah. But here it's not as common. Like mm, I would have mm. to search for a bit to find mm. it. And sometimes you just want that sour and, you know, spicy flavor, mm. especially when you have a cold or something. Yeah. But then it's it's not as common. And also, we don't have fortune cookies here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that I used to go to the actual the original fortune cookie factory. Ooh. So if you go into San Francisco's Chinatown, mm -hmm. there's a street called Grant Street, which cuts up Chinatown, goes mm. up the street towards North Beach. And if you get uh, you're about two or three blocks from North Beach, you turn left and you walk about it's like an alley mm -hmm. into an alley and you walk about, I don't know, 20 meters, 30 meters. And there is the place. the place that is the factory where the Chinese fortune cookie comes from. And the factory is still there. Wait, And you can just buy fortune cookies on the spot that they just made. Wow. Wait, are they making it for the entire country or just local factory? I think that they make enough to export to locally in like in terms of like other cities also in California, probably, because uh. they're churning them out. There's no way that these are just going to restaurants in Chinatown. No way. <laughs> so it is like a, a like West Coast fortune cookie factory, literally. Mm. And there's a vent. I want to tell you, you can stand under the vent next to there mm. and like the heat's coming out from the kitchen mm -hmm. and you can just stand under it. And the, the intense smell mm. of the fortune cookies is so strong that it's almost as though you're eating Ooh. because the smell is so intense so and it's like hot steam. It's really lovely. <laughs> You could just stand there. You should. They should rent that area, that like spot. You have to pay like a certain amount of money just to stand there <laughs> per minute or something. Or you know, you can <laughs> you can take a bun or something. Like in China, sometimes if your neighbor has something uh, more delicious for dinner, mm, mm. you can take a steamed bun, which is just plain like you know bread, mm. and then smell what your neighbors <laughs> are cooking, mm. and then eat your bun. Kind of imagining that you're eating what they're eating. you though what are some of your favorite dishes the chinese like, food dishes chinese dishes yeah i i have a complex reason or, or a series of things so obviously they're actually i would say all of it firstly mm. i love food Me too. i'm actually <laughs> but 
in Beijing, there's a restaurant we found, my wife and I, we, mm. you know, we live there. We are always shopping around for like the coolest neighborhood. Mm. One of the things we did, I do as a vlogger is look for cool places to go. Nice. And one of the things that expats like to do is talk about the restaurants. Mostly their friends are opening and stuff. So it's like mm. lots of expats trying to sell their friends cheeseburgers and pizzas <laughs> and stuff. Uh -huh. But like there's an old Beijing restaurant called Xinyuar and it's on Shisa. It's on Shisa Street, mm. uh, north of Shidan. And it's on really kind of a little further north than Shidan. You have to walk about 20 minutes north from Shidan. Mm -hmm. It's Xinyuar mm. and it is like noodles that they make right there. Mm. And they are so amazing. Fresh noodles. What style? It's fresh noodles with like beef on it. I actually don't know what it's called. My wife always orders for us. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you this. If you go between the hours of 10 a.m. and like 2 or between 4.30 p.m. and like 7.30, you can't sit down. Oh, it's that crowded. And it's not young people. It's like all these old people who know how good it is. Mm. And like, I've never mm -hmm. seen an expat in there. It's like unknown to them. But like, there's... So when you walked in, did everybody stop? Chopsticks mid-air? No, they're just so nice to me, though. They're so <laughs> nice. Because I, I went in there and I wanted to do a blog about it. I'm taking pictures and stuff. And they're mm. like, everyone's like, hello, you law wife friend. And they were so, <laughs> they were super nice to me. Uh, and like, you have to, you have to stand there for like 10 minutes before you can find a seat. Because mm. it's a small restaurant. There's a couple of them, too. There's another one one that's a little further to the west that's mm -hmm. like a copy of it and mm. it's not as busy but the original one on shisa mm. is just always rammed with like the local folks that live in that area mm -hmm. because it, it's, it's probably the most busy restaurant in that area and it's well, that just like means it's the best if the locals go there all the it time it is it's yeah mm. yeah and yeah the locals are out the door lined up to get in it's it's really good nice so you asked me what i like i like that mm -hmm. i like that so beef noodles it's a beef noodle place yeah it's it's dry hey yeah funny thing so in, for the longest time, we usually see this kind of noodle shop that's like, I, now I don't remember the title. It has something to do with California mm. and beef noodles. Like the name of it. I forgot the Chinese name because I haven't seen it for years. Mm. Usually it's at these like busy places like train stations or airports. Li Xianchang? Um, but Mr. now Li? Is it Mr. Li? Like something about Californian beef noodles. I don't know. And the funny thing is when we actually went to the States. There was no such thing. So for years, people in China thought <laughs> they're this really famous guy from California, mm. you know, with a chain of restaurants of beef noodles. That's clever. Um, clever marketing. Yeah. And then oh, it turned out that I think it's just it's just a beef noodle shop. <laughs> but they mm. somehow made the connection to California. Also, I, I want to ask you, do you know about the eight Chinese cuisines, like the eight schools of Chinese cuisine? It's funny you should mention that because I, when I was learning Chinese, I listened to this podcast mm. and it, it was talking about how if a chef can cook all eight Chinese cuisines mm -hmm. then they're famous because they can do the ninth Chinese cuisine mm -hmm. which is mastery of all eight. So maybe by the time they can do all eight and when they get to the ninth school they can cook for the emperor because back in the days I think um, <laughs> like in the Qing dynasty or something they had this, they call it Man Han Quan Xi, um, which is like a, a banquet with 108 dishes. Wow. And supposedly that's what, you know, uh, empress eat or something. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. There's a Chinese movie. You know, when I was I was learning about China and getting ready to come over, mm. I took this Mandarin class at City College of San Francisco. Mm. Um, and the teacher gave us extra credit for watching Chinese movies in, in Mandarin. Mm -hmm. So I watched this movie called Eat, Drink. 
drink man woman oh right it's about this master cook cook, uh, mm-hmm. cook chef like sous chef who had retired mm-hmm. and all, the entire movie are there are these long five to ten minute scenes of him cooking this really ornate and beautiful food that just makes you like salivate and like, <laughs> oh, we're, oh we're watching a movie oh there's a story too i love this movie I watch- the people usually wipe away their tears and now you're like wiping around your the corners of your mouth <laughs> um speaking of movies i know the movie you're talking about mm. i don't think i've watched it it's like it's actually about complicated family matters it gets yeah, too yeah, tangled yeah. it's up. about three sisters yeah, um so there is this new documentary series well it's been around for a few years but it's called what do you call that i guess the shodian shang the zhongguo which translates into china on the tip of your tongue <laughs> and it, it's a documentary very nicely mm, made mm, mm. um about just chinese cooking you know the team will go into different places maybe a remote village somewhere mm. and uh you know they'll film villagers cooking their local dishes mm-hmm. or it could be about uh fancy dishes or well-known dishes how some you know big restaurants make them it's a very very nicely done tv series and uh, I'm sure your wife has watched it. You can. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Mm, mm. It's um both visually and the and the sound effects and all that. It's very very nice. I, I have to like swallow while I'm talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, in in media, there's a a lady that you probably know about, Li Ziqi. Have you heard of her? Mm, no. So okay, she uh, became very very popular. I think pre pandemic, she was already very famous pre pandemic, mm, mm. and I remember watching her videos in the first few months of the pandemic oh i do know who you're talking about yes you don't yeah she's a huge tiktok beautiful lady yeah she has like um on each platform she has like 40 million followers Mm. and she's also on youtube Mm -hmm. i think she has over the last time i checked which was like over a year ago she had over 7 million followers Mm. or maybe over 10 million i don't remember but she's very very popular and she started with making food videos, like food preparation videos. And she lives in this uh, courtyard in like literally in the middle of the mountains mm. in Sichuan province with her grandmother. And um, she likes to do things the traditional way. Mm. Like everything is handmade. And her movies, like her videos are just, uh, they look professional. But she actually started making everything just by herself. And she not only can cook, the reason, the reason why she's so popular is like she, she can do mm. anything. She can build a house by herself. You know, she can make tables and beds and other fancy things uh, with bamboo. She'll go into the mountains, <laughs> wow. hack down a few bamboo and like drag them home and start making things from like, mm. you know, fences to brushes to shoes. So if people are interested, you can search for Li Ziqi. Um, so that is L-I-Z-I-Q-I on YouTube. She's um, and she's very, very popular. So these are some very good uh, media resources mm. to get to know about Chinese food. But the eight schools of Chinese cuisine. So the first one, Sichuan food. Mm, spicy food. Right. It's very spicy food. But the thing about Sichuan food is that it's not like spicy, just part of it. It's the mouth numbing kind of spicy. Mm. It's not just chili peppers. It's um, mm, ma jiao or hua jiao. It's another kind of um, 
uh, condiment mm -hmm. that's that has this numbing effect. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking yes, about, I right? Do. Like yeah. little round seeds. Yeah, because they, yeah. oftentimes in a hot pot, you'll have the two different varieties. One that's really mm. flavorfully hot and one where it's mm. flavorfully numbing, which is weird. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the time I went to Chongqing, okay, so municipality, they're also known for their hot pots. Now, they look terrifying. You go into the restaurant and see these hot pots. It's like, that's impossible. I can't eat that. Just layers of chili, dried chili pepper floating on top. You think that would be like the, you know, you, you think it'll kill you. <laughs> but actually, when you start eating it, at least the milder soups, it's not that bad. It's extremely flavorful, mm. but it doesn't hurt. Really? Um, <laughs> I'm scared. As, yeah. You know, I think if you walk in, they'll know that they shouldn't put too much in there. But a lot of these red hot chili peppers, they just look terrifying. Because they're so red. But some of them are actually not that spicy. Hmm. Like Korean food. Hmm. They're really spicy ones. And they're kimchi that are, you know, kids can yeah. eat. But they still look red. So these uh, numbing hot pots, when, when I actually tried them in Chongqing, they were so tasteful. Hmm. Your mouth just filled with all kinds of flavors. I'm, I'm here in Hubei. I could get to uh, Sichuan pretty quick. Yeah. I think it's the next province over. But Hubei, let me say, I, because I grew up there. Um, I just want to say that even to this day, uh, my favorite dishes are still Hubei dishes <laughs> because the way they cook is um, like usually we call them bao chao, which means quick stir fry with really high heat. So, you know, they will uh, have all the ingredients ready, right? Let's say a cook cooking, mm. all the mm. ingredients ready. And the actual cooking process, like food in actually in the pot, they're only in there for like a few minutes mm. or even sometimes it seems like only a few seconds. <laughs> really high heat so that they come out somewhat still crunchy and fresh mm -hmm. uh, like say the vegetables mm -hmm. but it's still cooked and flavorful mm -hmm. but if you like here in beijing a lot of things are stewed mm. so there's it's soupy and um it's not as lively <laughs> if you know what i mean mm. but i i love the dishes it, in hubei province you know i think the the pro i'm just thinking about it because a lot of chinese americans are originally from guangdong province i think that there's a, a connection with dim sum cha so like a lot of people are maybe familiar with that as a regional cuisine in america because mm. i was in san francisco and one of my friends brought me to a place where you can have dim sum cha so we had the mm -hmm. little tiny dumpling kind of food little little portions right. and it was very ornate and then they served tea with it a lot of tea with it so mm. it was really uh yeah i think that's that's one that maybe people know a little bit better than just like your typical chinese right chinese food in quotations in america so something about dim sum i know it's very popular but my stomach gets a little confused every time I go for a dim sum meal. And I think it's because, you know, growing up, we usually in southern parts of China. Mm. Um, so every meal comes with rice, right? You have a bowl of clean white rice with nice, sweet fragrance. And then mm -hmm. you eat different dishes with your rice. You always have a main dish, which is your bowl of rice. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to dim sum, like my stomach gets confused because I don't have a main character of the meal. <laughs> you know, everything comes in small, small portions. You have a little bit of this. You have a little bit of that. And some of it can count as you think that, OK, if it's like, let's say fried dough or, or something else, uh, maybe is this the main dish? Like my <laughs> stomach would be, have all these question marks around it saying trying to locate the main bowl <laughs> to kind of... Um, about, how do you feel about sushi, like Japanese sushi? I love Japanese food. I, I love Japanese Because it's food. rice. You can just be like, right. there's rice in most of yes. it. Yes, yeah, so, so rice gives gives us like stability. 
you know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> you, you got to have this. This is your anchor. <laughs> and then you go from there. Um, so with dim sum, each dish tastes, I think they all taste good. But I always walk out confused. Mm. It's like, did I just have like 10 different yummy dishes, but no rice, no main <laughs> dish? Because in China, like if you've, you're from northern part of China, you have noodles as your main dish. Mm. You have a bowl of noodles and, you know, different plates of veggies. And then from southern part, you have your rice. That's your starting point. Um, so with dim sum, th that's how I feel. But I, I think they all taste very, very good. Mm, mm. So sorry, dim sum. <laughs> <laughs> You've mentioned yourself before being in Shanghai and that they have they have a special kind of I love Shanghai. I don't know what to call it. It's like soup jiaozi, soup dumplings. Oh, tangbao. 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 Yes, you know about steamed buns, right? Yeah. Steamed buns, um, just like a bun with fillings inside, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. there's special type of steamed buns where the meat inside is so juicy. Like when they make the meat. Uh, have you made dumplings before? Yeah, not well, but yes. Okay, so <laughs> one way of making the meat really, really, really tender, mm -hmm. um, is when you are doing the mixing for the filling, you have like minced meat, right? Mm -hmm. Then you pour in soup. You 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 add eggs, and also you pour in soup. Uh, let's say chicken soup or other things, and you stir. You stir until the meat kind of soaks up all the soup. So that you don't see any soup in it. Mm -hmm. It's like absorbed into the meat. Mm -hmm. And you can actually pour in a lot of soup this way and it gets absorbed by the meat. And then you put them into the steamed bun or the dumplings. And after cooking it, when you take when you bite into it, the meat is very, very tender. It's not just like a hard uh, chunk of filling. It becomes very soft. Mm -hmm. So for these tangbao or soup uh, steamed buns, I think they either have a lot of fat content and, and this kind of soupy content. So... You have to be very careful when you eat it because it's steaming hot. And if you're not careful, you bite into it uh, without, you know, blowing on it a little bit, you will get burned. Mm. I mean, big time. <laughs> yeah, I know what um, you mean. I've tried it. Yeah, mm. it, it is. Uh, yeah, I have burned myself. On oh, <laughs> I did, too. I did, too. And also in Shanghai, you have these shui jian bao. Um, so when you fry things, it's usually just oil. Let's say you're you. Some people they like to have fried dumplings. Mm. Like if you go to Japan, yeah, I think I, I like yeah, fried it's dumplings. more popular. And also in Korea, we call in Chinese American food we call them pot stickers. Pot stickers, exactly. Are, yeah, but which is essentially like there's yeah. um. Well, the way we cook it here is that even if you start with oil, right, you fry it a little bit, you still pour in the water, and then you put the cover on mm. to let it steam for a little bit until the water dries. So we call them shui jian bao or like you're frying with water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's kind of what the name means. Mm. Um, and the ones that I had in Shanghai, they were so good. With They have like black sesame on top. But the time that I burnt myself was when I had the shui jian bao. It was so good. And I was in such a hurry to just, you know, start eating it. <laughs> and, and it burnt my tongue and it hurt for days. <laughs> and I was like, they got to have like an emergency hospital, like right next door for all the customers who burnt their tongues. <laughs> they, or they should have like a huge sign. I'd like to talk mm. tell you about a restaurant. Sure. So there's a, Mich a Michelin star restaurant. It's a Xinjiang restaurant in oh. Beijing. And they serve like this meat. You go to Fuchang Men Station and walk west mm. and it's over there. You could probably find it pretty easily in a search. I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it's a very, very good Xinjiang restaurant. Mm. You walk inside, you sit down and they only have like 10 things on the menu. Mm. Mm. So it's one of those places like this is what we serve. You better like it. <laughs> yeah. 
So you sit, you sit down yeah. and you, you can choose this kind of big size meat or a smaller size meat or a smaller size meat. That's it. And I like a lot of meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they have like boiled lettuce and stuff to go with it and stuff and noodles and things. Mm-hmm. But like the meat is the only real reason you go there is mm. this this beef. Lamb. I think it's beef. It is like minced slightly, but it's not. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a pot roast, but it melts. It like it comes apart mm. and it is delightful mm. when you're as you're eating it. You're just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, it is amazing. See, there are something special about Xinjiang dishes. As you mentioned, mm. they don't have a huge variety. Like when you go into their restaurants, like Xinjiang restaurants, mm. you kind of know what you want to get. There are like there are the bread and there are the like um, roasted lamb ribs or kebabs. And there are this, um, the kind of noodles with a lot of uh, tomatoes and lamb. Mm. So you don't go there for the variety. But whatever they have... They're so good. I'm I'm literally like, <laughs> <laughs> what's the word? Like my mouth is watering. Salivating. Exactly. Um, and I don't know what the trick is because I've tried to make the same thing at home. They don't have a lot of ingredients. You know, it's not like they have secret ingredients. <laughs> they just use lamb meat, lots of uh, tomatoes, um, lots of onions, a little bit of uh, chili peppers. And then there's this kind of a cumin spice, hmm. you know, the little seeds. So with Xinjiang dishes, I don't know what the trick is. Maybe it's just the meat itself is different or some other ingredients that they flew over um, from their local areas. But it's like the way it just come out different. You know, I buy the same thing from my supermarket and I try to make it. It's just it's not it. Not even close. Well, I have a question. Sure. In Beijing, they have a food called chuar. Yeah, kebab. And I'm... But where is that originally from? Where does it come from? I think from? it's from Xinjiang. Yeah? Like, when we say... Meat on a uh, stick. Lamb. Yeah, meat on, meat on a stick. Especially, it started with lamb mm, meat. Mm. So from, like, sheep. They were popular ever since I was a little kid. Mm. And we always say Xinjiang meat kebabs. Mm. Um, so it's lamb meat with uh, the cumin cumin mm-hmm, powder mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and salt. It's It's like, it's very simple. But if you do it right, it's just... Ah, mouth watering. It's so good. I don't know if you know about like Chinese or Northwestern Chinese cuisine. I guess there's not much of a Gansu cuisine. Yeah, like Gansu or you know Xi'an, mm. like Chinese hamburger, rojiamuo, or Liang Pure, cold steamed noodles. Mm. So uh, Xi'an, they say, is the is the heaven of carbohydrates. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stay away, Americans. It, <laughs> <laughs> so they don't really have a great variety like when it comes to food in northwestern part of china mm, mm. but the thing is whatever they have like the few star dishes they have they they make it so well mm. that that's enough <laughs> you know you'll go into a restaurant they'll only serve this one type of noodles maybe with like three or four side dishes but because it's so good it's already very satisfying you don't need like a whole variety you just go in for that one particular dish like my um favorite type of noodles mm-hmm. is now uh Gansu Xi Chang Mian, mm-hmm. which is uh they call it thin and long noodles from Gansu province. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like um it's also like Sao's mian. Mm-hmm. Um and the trick is uh, the the noodles have to be handmade. Mm. So they're tough. They're tough, they're like Chinese pasta. Mm. Handmade, hand rolled, and hand cut. So they are they're chewy but soft at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the soup base is has a lot of vinegar, 
in it. Because um, I think when you think about noodles, you don't really think about vinegar, like sour taste, right? Not really, no. Yeah. So the first time I had it, I was like, why is this so sour? Um, But <laughs> after a while, after having it for like a one or two times, it's like I was addicted to it. <laughs> <laughs> it became really soothing to have this uh, sour and spicy soup mm-hmm. base. You just want to have more of it. I don't know why. It did something to my brain. <laughs> I, I, I have another question because, you know, I've tried sure. a lot of food, but I don't really know where it's from. So in, in any, every city you can go, you'll find this shop called a Malatang shop. Ah. And they like you, you choose different vegetables and right. noodles and things. And then you give it to them and mm-hmm. they like flash boil it really super hot and give it back to you. Mm. And you add like maybe like some hot paste with like vinegar. Sesame paste. Yes. Yeah, se- sorry. Sesame paste. Well, not just that, but they have the hot pepper paste. Yeah. Also mixture. to go. Go mm-hmm. with it yeah so where does this come you know from? i don't know it seems like a street food mm, mm. i think to a lot of us it seems like junk food among foods mm, it's it, chinese junk food. yeah it's bordering on junk food it's popular with mm. young people because you can get together right and uh it, back in the days like when i first arrived when i first came to beijing to stay um there were still a lot of these nightstands malatang or mm. Mm. Kebab nightstands. Mm. And it's a great gathering place for young people. You know, it, it's not costly. Uh, back then it was, you know, much, much cheaper. With seven or eight dollars, you can have a, well, I guess not a great variety, but a lot of uh, different meat or vegetables that they have, mm. right, mm. Uh, for offer um, from Alatang. You say junk food, but like I know I've, I've had people tell me, oh, because it's boiled so hot, it's not as good for you. But like a lot of the stuff you put into it are vegetables. So like. They are. It's hard to see. It's just the way they're cooked, I guess. Because it's oily a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's the way they're prepared. I mean, can you imagine going to a wedding banquet and have that? (laughs) It doesn't doesn't seem like, you know, fine cuisine. You're right, yeah. Right. It's not, like, stylish, but it's popular for, you know, among young people. It's very relaxing. You gather around. Because in uh, the street food version, you share this big pot, mm, right? Mm, All the sticks mm. with the food on it, they're in the same pot. Yeah. And you just pick the ones out and then they'll count how many you had uh, at the end of the meal. Now you don't see them as often. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I, no, it's it's a newer thing. Like I, it wasn't around when I was little, so I don't know where it came out and I don't know if they will last. <laughs> I have to admit that I'm using this uh, this uh, podcast, this episode as a way for me to learn things from you, baby. Mm. I have another question. Sure. So on the street, oftentimes there's someone with a very large flat metal like cooking pad or cooking mm. uh, device and they'll put egg on it and then put mm-hmm. seasoned and stuff on the egg and fold it over in like a kind of like a square burrito mm. and this is a you know, i've seen this a lot of people eat this i was wondering what what is this there are different kinds i think the one you were talking about was it was it cold noodles they call it cold noodles no this is like it's like an egg it's not cold it's oh well it's an egg but with like a pancake right yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. just an egg i think they call it the beijing popular beijing breakfast item mm-hmm. yeah, you take yeah, this yeah. Uh, it's almost like um pita bread but a little different, like the dough is different. So they would fry the pita bread a little bit and then it's supposed to pop up a little bit. So it becomes, there's like a vacuum inside mm. the, the pancake and then they pour uh, a scrambled egg into it. So the egg come, goes inside the pancake 
And then they flip it and add some sauce and maybe a sausage. Mm. It's just like a quick Beijing breakfast item. Mm, 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 oh, mm, there mm. is something I want to rec- recommend to you. Yeah. I don't know if you've tried it. In Wuhan, a very popular, it's called Ojia. So Ojia O is lotus roots. And you probably noticed that in the South, like especially in Wuhan, people eat a lot of uh, lotus roots. It's less common here in the North, in Beijing, but popular in, you know, Western uh, part of China because there's just more water, more lotus and thus more lotus roots mm-hmm. and lotus oja is mm-hmm. they um mm-hmm. it's almost like a tiny hamburger you take the lotus roots and the first cut you don't cut through and the second cut you cut through so it's like um you have two slices but they are joined at one end mm-hmm. right and then you take minced meat minced meat with spices and it's just like dumpling fillings and you fell in between the two slices and then you roll it in like this eggy dough and then you fry it. So oh means lotus root. Jia means you pinch together. So it's like these two slices of lotus roots. They uh, pinch in the meat inside. And then it's it's fried. It's very good. I yeah. You've had this? I it's think popular, I, ha- I have had this, um, yes, in, yes. In Wuhan. Yeah. I mean, there are so many great dishes in Wuhan. Hmm. And there's the pearl meatballs, you know, like meatballs rolled around with uh sticky rice and then steamed. Yeah. You know that dish, right? Wow. Yeah. I don't know that particular dish. No, but I'm going to go out tonight now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure your wife knows. See, the thing about Mm. Chinese cuisine, what do we consider to be good Chinese food? Um, They say that they have to have at least which means is color. Mm. The color has to be appetizing mm-hmm. and xiang which means uh tasty Smell. and fragrance oh, right fragrance. yeah this is the same word yeah. and so xiang wei wei is the taste taste so, and also a little bit of presentation i mean for normal chinese food like the presentation isn't a huge part mm. i know that's let's say french food you know they think a lot about how they present it you mm-hmm. know the, the dish and everything uh, we are not as crazy about that, um, but the taste and the fragrance of flavor are very important. I think you're right most of the time. But if you go into these, like, um, if you go, what is what is the mall in Guamao called? I can't remember what it's called. It's like World Trade Mall or something like that. You're, you're talking about the fancy place. Yeah, right? yeah. But they have Chinese food restaurants in there. Mm-hmm. And they're like Michelin, you know, five-star restaurants. And they serve Chinese food. And mm-hmm. there, the presentation is like, yeah. Uh, ooh. Yeah, but then, yeah. you know, for, for most of us, Chinese, we don't want to pay hundreds or thousands more <laughs> yeah. just for the I presentation. Think very few people go to these, yeah. right? And yeah. also, especially with me, like I don't really like people touching the food too much. <laughs> the the really pretty presentations, like you know, they come in this feature and that. It means like you know, different people have touched your food, like <laughs> trying to mold it or play um, with so it. So anyhow, besides uh, the color, the fragrance, and the taste, I want to ask something. Uh, myself and that is mm-hmm. interest it has to be interesting and that is something that mm-hmm. i think that's very different between uh, my impression of chinese food and western food like let's say in the west right in the u.s you want to eat something substantial something yummy you know like pizza or hamburger mm, the taste just mm-hmm. hits you mm-hmm. right and yeah. um and then when you eat steak you know the meat is really good and you just get a chunk of meat but for chinese people mm-hmm. there is another part uh, there should be a fun part too when it comes to eating. So that's another reason why we eat a lot of um, mm-hmm. uh, we we enjoy eating bony food. Like for example, 
here we eat the entire fish, right? But that's something very odd for you. Yeah, it's something that I've always, I still have <laughs> trouble with. Yeah, because like, you know, I get free food at work and we have a very good mm-hmm. chef at my workplace who cooks for us. He's always so happy to share food with us. He puts out like a fish at least once a week where it's like chopped mm-hmm. up fish and the bones are in there. And he's got this elated look on his face. <laughs> like, you're, hey, I made this for you guys. And like, I, I always just can't eat that because... <laughs> <laughs> the bones will get in my food and like I have to take the, take them out. Right. Maybe they stab you the roof of out. my mouth or something. Yeah. It is a, a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's something because when we went to the States, we noticed that everything is like filet, right? Mm. You, eat, you eat your fish. There's like it's just a piece of fish. Yeah. Now, for us, that's like boring. I'm sorry. They taste good. <laughs> but it's like, what's the fun in eating fish without having to spit out the bones? You know? It's like your tongue is mm. bored. <laughs> Maybe this, I don't know. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about. I think this is a, I think it's a cultural difference that we're, we might not be able to resolve. Right. Today. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just want to, I just want to tell you the difference. You know, I've, I've also been told by other Chinese folks that um, one of the reasons that they serve the whole fish is so that people are certain that they really are getting a fish. So they're like, here, look, well, it's a true. fish. So, you know, you're not, you're not getting like lamb or something instead that's been made to taste fishy or something so well and also in some restaurants you get to pick your own fish and then you know that you know it's fresh Also, a restaurant in downtown Beijing. I've seen from the from driving on the street that there's a uh, a place that's a fish head restaurant. Oh yeah, and yeah. One of my friends from Malaysia told me all about it, and he said, "Oh yeah, the cheek of the fish of <laughs> uh, of the fish head is the best part." Jason, he'd <laughs> be like, "Where?" And, is, and so, this, for a lot of Americans, they're like, "Oh my gosh, my food is looking at me, <laughs> <laughs> right, staring at you." No, but the point I want to make is that oh. for us. Eating is not just about the taste or whether or not you're filling your tummy. It's also about having fun. Mm. You know, like eating chicken mm. claws. I don't know if you ever tried it. Yeah, yeah. It's not just because it tastes anything superior to the rest of the chicken. It's because it's a fun process. It's like the way you eat it, you can you could be watching TV and then your mouth and hands are busy eating the chicken claws. It's just a mm. fun thing to do. Mm. It's it's a lot more interesting than just eating a slice of something. You, you say interesting. I think why isn't this why is is there more preparation? See, okay, here's the thing. You have a hamburger, right? Right. That's 100% edible. Mm. So you can start at one end and then just keep eating until it's finished. Same with pizza. Right. The thing about like chicken claw or like a you know a fish with lots of bones in it is there's a process where the eater mm-hmm. is investing energy <laughs> in preparing the food. And you know I th- I think you're right because I could never convince any of my Chinese friends otherwise they're always no no you're just wrong jason but like (laughs) this is one of those things where it's like why didn't they finish the preparation in the kitchen is like what i'm thinking because it's not like a hamburger you can finish it in like 10 minutes and you're done Mm. right but for for chinese people eating is a social event Mm, too mm, mm. right so can you imagine two people you know they eat hamburgers they're done in like five minutes Mm. what can you talk about Mm. but if you are at a you know banquet or at a family gathering and after you fill your tummy with your rice and other dishes. Let's have some chicken claws and chat, mm. right? And then you all have something busy to do with your hands, your mouth, and then you can chat and drink a little bit at the same time. It's just fun. Or when you're watching TV, 
you take something into your mouth and they spit something out mm. that you're you know <laughs> busy doing something. And I want to mention before we wrap up, mm. have you ever tried like duck tongue? I haven't had duck tongue, but I've had duck feet. Okay, duck. I've never even had duck feet. Okay, I had duck tongue like once. That's when I visited Hangzhou, and of course, if you go to Hangzhou, you go to the West Lake. And um, we went to this really. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, it's it wasn't big, but it seems like a very nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, just on the by the side of the river, it was really nice. Mm. And then that was the first time that I had duck tongue. See, that's like the supreme example of eating of having an interesting <laughs> eating experience. Okay. Because at first, I did not know how to eat it. It's it's the tongue of a duck. <laughs> it has a interesting mm. bone structure inside. Really, it's not something that you can just. Bite and swallow. Right, bite, chew, and swallow. You put it in your mouth, and you have to feel the contour of the bone structure, <laughs> so that your mouth will work out which part of the meat you pull off. <laughs> and so it was like it—it's it, like an interesting interactive experience. You you interact with your food on another level. You think about it <laughs> you know right. that that is interesting you know one thing we didn't even mention the whole time i keep talking about food that i've tried in beijing mm. is uh peking duck which is really oh. well it's famous all over the entire world everyone knows mm-hmm. that you have to go to beijing and have duck mm. and wh- I, one thing that i found interesting was i've been to i don't know 20 restaurants that serve duck mm-hmm. and 100 of them all of them say that they are the original, authentic duck restaurant of Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's hard to tell. The, the best one I've been to is actually the pricier ones in Beijing. Mm-hmm. One of them is called Dadong. I don't know if you have ever been there. It's like the restaurant seems Western styled Chinese food. But it's Peking duck is very good. I mean, it's like for, for like business occasions. And also if you're just rich, you know, you can go there. Mm-hmm. They do have very nice Peking ducks and they're like roast. They're roasted with uh, wood, like a certain kind of wood, mm-hmm. not like an electrical oven. And also the first bite, you know how you eat Peking duck rolled into like a, almost like a spring roll? Yeah. 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 But the yeah. first bite, when they bring out the duck slices, they would recommend that the first bite is the, just a pure slice of duck skin. Roasted, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. It's very yummy. I know. And you dip mm-hmm. it in mm-hmm. sugar. Mm. So basically, you put it in your mouth and it just melts. It's just a puddle of oil <laughs> <laughs> mixed with sugar. So imagine just melting butter in your mouth. Actually better than that. <laughs> so that's like, you know how you start your meal. It's very good. <laughs> We did not finish, like so many topics we began, but uh, we are out of time, baby. I kept swallowing. I, I don't know if people can hear it. <laughs> I don't know. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's a very challenging issue to make a podcast about. <laughs> well, we could talk more about this. There's still so many other dishes. And I think I went through like two of the eight schools of Chinese cuisine. <laughs> so hopefully we can carry on in another show. Sure, absolutely. But thank you, Jason. Thank you, baby. And let me swallow, swallow once again. And we'll... See you guys another time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>